Welcome to the sixth episode of Association Nation. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is created by Renovations Property Management with the main goal to keep informed board members and homeowners in South Florida. You can listen to our episodes on Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Teacher, and iHeartRadio. For today's episode, I'm honored to be joined by our Director of Operations, Oscar Boras. Thank you for being back. Thank you for having me again. And by, uh, for the first time, by Sadie Verdesia, our Head of Technology, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me as well. Today, we will be talking about website requirements and recommendations for associations. But before we start talking about the subject, I think it will be best to remind or inform our listeners that Florida Governor Rick Scott signed into law House Bill 841, which modified an already existing law that requires certain condominium associations in Florida to maintain websites and portals. This Florida new condominium uh, website law clarified that previous law and postponed the effective date until January 1st, 2019. This law requires that Florida condominium associations with 150 or more units must have an independent website or web portal wholly owned and operated by the association or a website or web portal operated by a third-party provider. So, with this initial information about the law behind uh, what we are going to talk about today, I want to start talking a little bit more about this information and how can associations comply into the law that it's been effective since January 1st, 2019. So I think the first thing to mention is that associations that fall within that bucket of having, well, condominium associations that fall within the bucket of having more than 150 units have to ask themselves the question of, do we or do we not have a website? Um, the website, uh, as described in the law, needs to be a website that is either <clears throat> uh, either the association uh, holds direct ownership of, or it could be through a third party, uh, but it has, to be the, it has to be exclusive for exclusive use to the association. It also needs to be able to provide the membership with a user ID and password, so access, individual access to each unit owner, and certain documents need to be listed on there. Um, so I think that's step one, right? Ask yourself, do we have a website or do we have, uh, or are, are we under the impression that we have a web portal uh, and it's not what the law requires? Um, definitely you would wanna start with your property management company. If you don't have a property management company, um, I'm assuming that if you do have some sort of web portal in your community, someone in the community must have set it up for you. So whoever that person is, you maybe uh, reach out to them and see what it is that you have and make sure that you're compliant. If all else fails and you don't have any experts, you could always rely on your attorney. Uh, it's not the most efficient use of your of your legal counsel, uh, but they would all also uh, be able to assist best with making sure that you have the requirements that you need to comply with this statutory change. Okay, well, um, it's very important that if you are a condo association with more than 150 units, you know that uh, you must have this website to be in compliance with the law that started on January 1st, 2019. So after January 1st, 2019, all comes with more than 150 units must be in compliance with this law. 
And um, what Oscar was explaining right now is very important that, that you know the requirements of this website because um, I actually had a community that they thought they were in compliance, but the website that they had was actually not in compliance. It was um, a simple website with just like three or four public pages and it didn't have any security at all and wasn't in compliance. And specifically the law states that the border must be a protected electronic location that is inaccessible to the general public and accessible only to the unit owners and the board members. And uh, of course the management company. So we are talking here a lot about 150 units condominium, 150 units condominium. But what happened if I'm part of a, a board member association uh, and then my community, it's an HOA, or maybe my community has 149 units and I'm at a condominium. Am I required to have a website in my association? Yeah, so HOAs are not required to have websites regardless of their size. So homeowner associations or community associations that fall under the governance of statute 720 are, don't have to comply because they don't fall under the governance of statute 718, which is the Condominium Act, uh, and the one that has language regarding to websites. Um, regardless of the size, uh, I mean, the, the statute for condominiums says 150 units or more, uh, but I always tell our clients that, you know, whether you have 10 units or you have 149 units and you're barely on the, on, on the edge of having to comply with the law, you know, website, websites, communicating online, uh, it's the future. It's not the future, it's now. It's, it's the world that we're living in. And perhaps your community, uh, you know, the, the, the residents, the resident demographic is not one that would benefit it benefit from a website in the moment because perhaps it's not something that they're comfortable with using. Uh, but it's better to prepare for things early on and not when it's required. So if you're not at 150 units uh, and you, you know you want to improve the way that the association communicates in the future, it's better to, to set up your website now. Um, it's a great tool to be able to get information out quickly uh, to, to promote transparency with regards to the association's operation and financial well-being. So uh, you know, having a website is, is, I mean, there's so many benefits to it. The benefits outweigh the cost, guaranteed, guaranteed. Um, so, you know, regardless of, of the requirement, even in HOAs, you could be an HOA that has 50 units, you could be an HOA that has 5,000 units. Uh, you know, a website is a great tool to get information out quickly, particularly in South Florida for things like, you know, if we have, uh, you know, hurricanes, Tropical storms, right? Websites, a lot of these websites that, that are offered for associations provide you with the capability of sending out mass communications, text messages, emails, etc. And now, the, like mentioning in specific here in South Florida, we have so many residents that this is not their first, like, or their main home. They might be uh, investors that live outside the United States, or this is the secondary home that they use on vacation. So it's a great tool for those people that do not live in the community full-time to be aware of everything that is happening in the community to keep them informed. So Absolutely. I think that's, that's also a great tool that, for, that they can use the website for associations, even though that they are not required by law mm -hmm. to have a website. They can use it to keep everyone informed, uh, to keep everyone like, up-to-date with all the documentation for the association as well. 
Yeah, and it's very convenient because they have the ability to go on the website and, and get the financial reports and not having to go through the difficulties of calling or requesting papers when they're outside of the country. So that's a great convenience for the owners that don't live in the country or perhaps in the city where they have this property. So, uh, Tali, you were mentioning to us um, a couple of minutes ago that on the website, you are required to have like a private section that it's only accessible to owners of the association. Right. So on this private section, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the different type of information that should be available there? And is it only for owners or it could be also open to renters of the association? No, the, the private area of the website is only available for the homeowners and exclusively for them, the active homeowners, not even the previous owners of the property. And uh, it's very specific, the documents that shall be there by law. So there is a list of documents. Uh, I can mention a few. And we also have in our website a list of the the entire list of all the documents that are required by yeah. law to have there. So if you want to check, you can go to renovationspn.com and we have the information also available there. There the full list of documents that you need to have in your private section of the website for your association. So for condominium associations, it's important that you have documents such as uh, your governing documents, a complete set of those, which include your declaration, your articles of incorporation, your bylaws, your rules and regulations. You're also required to have your budget notices uh, for the current year. All minutes, all plans, all... all uh, Active contracts. All active owners. contracts that are valued at over $500 with any con with any vendor. Uh, all proposals that are valued over $500 with any vendor that are being currently sought out. The certificates of so, the board members are also required to be there. So I, the, 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 to Sally's point, the, uh, we, we have a complete list on our website. Um, you know, again, if you fall under the, if you fall under the in the bucket of an association that has 150 units or more this is a great time for you to take a, a break from this podcast and maybe go take a look and see if you're compliant so so you mentioned that one of the documents that the association needs to have there it's the minutes many board members might ask like from when because this this law started in 2019. So do they need to have the minutes from 2019 to today or since we started, like since the association was created in 1970? So, <clears throat> so the rule of thumb is um, typically statutes are, are not retroactive. So they don't require you to comply before they were enacted. However, Along with this statute, there, there was other language that was also included into the legislation that said that minutes of the association would be kept for the entire life of the association. So regardless of, of whatever minutes you had, they have to be part of the record. Um, I always recommend if you have the capability of uploading all of your minutes, then upload all of your minutes. But at a minimum, at a minimum, 24 or 36 months worth of minutes, because that's going to give you a good snapshot of the decisions that are being made in the moment, where they came from. If, you're, if your association's being diligent, 
in in holding their meetings, being transparent with with the with the membership, making sure that things are being memorialized through the minute taking process. Uh, it's going to give you a good idea of how you got to that moment in time by just going back two three years and seeing how things developed. Because presumably, all the decisions that are being made today have been discussed yesterday. So. so with regards of the information that needs to be posted on the website for the association, what happens if one of the documents have any confidential information? That, that, for example, the financials on the association, it's an important information that needs to be disclosed as part of the requirement. But what happens if in the financial there is something that is not required to be posted that has confidential information about a unit, for example? Yeah, well, in that case, I'm, I'm going to respond. And the law specifically says that confidential information like social security, um, private address of the homeowner, that shall not be disclosed at any time. So if there is any document that it would be submitted to the website, it has to be edited, and that information has to be taken off from that document. So definitely non-information uh, that is confidential, like social security or a driver license or a personal address shall not be disclosed in the website. That's why the website also has the, the private area for the owners, because uh, these, all of these documents for the association shall not be in the public area not a financial report, not contrast, not that. Because the public area of the website is not only visited by uh, real people, sometimes hackers, bots, um, many different types of, not to mention realtors and other parties that visit a website of a community to look for services or any other concern that they have with the community. So actually, now that you mentioned this, and I think it's something that it's important, to highlight, um, what are some type of security measures that an association or can, needs to have on the website to avoid any person like going actually like stealing information from the association? Okay, well, the specific at least an adequate level of encryption such as SSL. And uh, 256 bit encryption. This ensures that data will be encrypted when it's in transit between the users and the server. The data that is encrypted and, and not publicly accessible when it's at rest on the server. This helps to prevent anyone, including bots, from accessing a specific files such as PDF or spreadsheets without a username and password. That's what the only documents that we would public in the in the home page of the website which is the public area would be like for example the application for the condominium that uh, is available for realtors or any homeowners or people that are interested in renting or buying in a community or any information on sheet with the content information that the rest of the documents are inside the private area of the website which is secure and encrypted. Thank you, Sally. Very important information that if you do have a, a website in your community, it's important that you pay attention to the privacy of the documents that you that you have there. So that's why it was very important to highlight those kind of uh, items. So I think that's something important that we discussed during today um, during today's episode. It's that if you are required to have 
a website in your community because you're a condominium association over 150 units that you pay attention that you and you are make sure that you have all the documents there to comply with the requirements. And if you are not, if you're an HOA and you have or or if you are a condominium with less than 150 units, it's important that you do have this type of services and solutions for your community because at the end they show transparency to your neighbors. They show they promote communication and they promote at the end what you want to achieve it's to have residents that are more involved and they are aware of everything that is happening in the community so everyone can be an active member of the association. Thank you again for both of us for joining us during today's episode uh, and for sharing the best details and information with our listeners. Thank, Thank you. you. If you have more questions on the website requirements for the associations or you want to know more about the solutions we can offer your community on this matter, please don't hesitate to contact us at info@renovationspn.com or visit our website, renovationspn.com. If you want us to talk about a specific subject, leave us a comment on our social media pages at RenovationsPN. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on, on our website, and we will talk about it in the next episode. Thank you again for listening. And if you like the episode, write a review on Apple Podcasts, like the video on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, and share it with your community. An informed community is a better managed community. Hear you soon.